Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome into the Atlanta Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner with Derek Piper. And man, this was an emotional week, uh, emotional offseason for Illinois basketball, and of course, an emotional Friday in just the Illini Nation with Bobby Roundtree. But uh, we we will honor Bobby Roundtree in, in a later podcast. I have so many thoughts, and I do want to gather thoughts from, from people who are much closer to him as well before we pay tribute to him. But obviously, our condolences are, are with him and his family. And if you have not read Joey Wagner's piece uh, on Bobby and uh, the rehab facility, I highly encourage you to do so. Um, I, I felt for Joey because he was supposed to meet with Bobby yesterday. Um, and, and he met him, he went to the rehab facility down in Florida, took a flight down there and, uh, we were just so heartbroken, uh, but Joey had to pivot and, and did an unbelievable job, uh, professionally in, in writing that story. But, uh, there was an, another big story and it was a whirlwind of emotions yesterday. And I don't think a lot of fans should, should feel bad about being happy about something in such a tragic day. And that is Kofi Coburn returning to Illinois basketball and returning them back towards the top of the big 10 and towards the top of the nation. But Derek, what a seismic change for college basketball. What a seismic change for Illinois basketball. And what an exclamation point to end this weird, chaotic offseason. <laughs> you come out of it and you're a team that has a lot of upside. You still feel like that window is there to do something, you know, really memorable and to advance deep in the tournament. And you worry that that closed last March when you faced Loyola and the unfortunate disappointing loss and uh, all that's gone on throughout this offseason. And uh, we'll break down kind of the timeline as far as when this even became a real possibility. But when Kofi's back on the table, you got to make sure that guy comes back to Champaign. And it was tough with Kentucky in the mix, circling, whatever, involved or just somewhere on the table at the very, very least. Um, and credit to Brad Underwood and Jeff Alexander. Alexander in particular was really involved in this. Uh, spent all of last weekend in Atlanta following Kofi around and uh, being there when his mentor was there and just a lot of the, the legwork and conversations. And um, I, I do think uh, Orlando Antigua set Jeff up before leaving Illinois to, to know that, you know, before Kofi hits the portal or anything, there was going to come a point potentially that Kofi was going to sit down and say, okay, I have a decision to make. Now it seemed like he made that decision a month earlier than they would have thought instead of it being in July and that uh, was already made. But 
hey, here's who you need to talk to uh, as far as trying to help work this thing out and allow Kofi to make the best decision for him. But you get one of the most, if not the most dominant player in college basketball coming back to your campus and uh, one of the two consensus All-Americans from last year, the other being Drew Timmy from Gonzaga. So it rises Illinois up from being – I still think that – with their backcourt talent, could have challenged for a top half Big Ten spot for an NCAA tournament berth. Um, but as we've talked a lot about with, with the big fellow back, you can dream big again and right there at the top of the Big Ten and a chance to to really compete again at the national level. All right, Derek, I want to get into the micro, the nitty gritty of all of this, of this decision of what this does for Illinois' roster. We can break down how they'll play, who will play, what the rotation will be. Uh, but I want to start macro. Because this was a ridiculous offseason for Brad Underwood. Uh, and Joey Wagner just had a piece that he had written, I think, a couple of weeks ago um, that Brad Underwood has withstood. I, I, he has withstood this flurry, uh, this crazy offseason. And it feels like they've come out even stronger than we would have imagined in the first place because – I didn't think Kofi Coburn and Omar Payne would be on the same team. Uh, I didn't think Alfonso Plummer would be the guy to replace Adam Miller and maybe, you know, have a higher floor at least year one. I think Adam Miller's going to be a great player, but uh, you lost Adam Miller. Iodesumu goes pro. Kofi Coburn goes into the draft. You lose all three assistants. And here you are today, T-ranked top five team, CBS Sports top 15 team, wherever you want them, somewhere in that range. Um and you aren't going to have the 2005 after effects, right? Like this isn't going to be a team that all of a sudden drops off the face of the earth. You have a top, you know, class right now. I know they got a lot of work to do to have a top 10 class at the end of 2022, but Jaden Epps and Sincere Harris are a heck of a start. And you seem to be doing well in recruiting with Chester Frazier. And we'll see what Jeff Alexander and Tim Alexander do, or yeah, uh, Tim, Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson yeah. yeah. So, um, it's amazing. I, they feel like they're in a better place than where they started in the offseason, which, which is crazy to me. Or maybe I'm just thinking about where they could have been two months ago uh, based on all of this. But Illinois basketball is going to have a run in the Big Ten where they are three, four, five years towards the top. They have the opportunity to do that now. Yeah, and that staying power really matters as far as building this out and having it be sustainable when you don't have – you know, Io come back for that third year when you don't have Kofi, you know, as far as obviously they came back for the third years, but when those guys move on to be able to have uh, just a talent base. And I think that we're seeing it in 2022 with some of this and a lot of that, as you mentioned, is Chester's connections and what he's bringing to the table. But Illinois is a brand that showed a lot last year and even the year before that this is a winning program. It's a team that competes in that top echelon of the Big Ten. And for that to extended to this season and just continue to kind of set that expectation or that bar or whatever it may be. Um, that That's important when you recruit going forward and, and try to, again, keep this as, you know, we're up at the top to stay. We're not going to, you know, make it to the mountain top and then fall all the way down, which was a fear at one point when you lose all three assistants, when you have Adam Miller leave you and uh, Kofi potentially not coming back. So, um, to be in a position where you got two top 100 guards in your class, you're bringing back Kofi, you're going to be top 10, top 15 in the country. Uh, and as we've talked about, you know, Chester just with his connections and the way he's recruiting it, we'll see. We'll see how it goes forward with, you know, Tim Anderson and Jeff Alexander um, and what that 
staff looks like over a couple of years sample size. But as of right now, Illinois basketball is still in a very good place and, and in a spot to continue to have high hopes and compete, you know, at the top of the league. You just made me channel my John Gross. It's in a great place. It's in a great place. <laughs> I looked up that quote, <laughs> but now it is. Uh, it, it certainly is in a great place. And uh, I thought they were going to be fine. They're more than fine now. No matter what with Kofi, I thought yeah, they'll be fine. But it's uh, now they're great, and you continue that. I agree that momentum of building on that year after year. It's it's what makes Michigan State so enticing to all these these kids. Ohio State under the Thad Mata era. It's what made them so enticing. So you stay at the top year after year. Uh, it, it's so much easier to sell kids that hey, this is what we have. Like you know, you're going to compete for Big Ten championships here, and that's what you know. Lon Kruger, Bill Self, and Bruce Weber just wasn't able to capitalize off that, right, with, with his recruiting. Um, so I think that's really important for Brad Underwood to do, and, and he's certainly certainly doing it right now. And and I th- I just thought of this, Derek, not to get too off track, but, I mean, there's, there's another world here, another universe where a pandemic doesn't happen. I think Ios stays in the draft. Like, I really do. Maybe he's not as high as he was this year. Like, this year, I think he's in that 25 to 40 range, it feels like, or 20 to 40 range. And, you know, the year before, maybe he would have been in that 30 to 45 or 30 to 50 range. But Kofi Coburn, if NIL isn't a thing, I don't think he's back. So there's there's a little bit of of things broke Illinois' way, which is which is a rare thing nowadays. And, and that maybe Kentucky had the opportunity and they didn't want him as much because they don't need him as much as Illinois does. Um, so it's just weird that parallel universe uh, some of those things broke Illinois' way to have Io DeSumo for three years, to have Kofi Coburn for three years. That's so rare nowadays. Yeah, it absolutely is. And Illinois would say that they were due for some things to go their way and to catch a couple of breaks because, like you said, they absolutely did with Io coming back last year. I fully would have expected him to stay in that draft if he had a combine. And uh, he said it himself that, that was his full intention. And it was a a mental shift for him to really be like, okay, I am actually going to consider going back to school and you get him to be a a Bob Cousy award winner, a first team all American, a guy that really cemented his legacy and and took Illinois on quite a ride with, that's not to say that, you know, other guys like Kofi and like Trent Frazier and and those that were involved in last year's run weren't a big part as well. But um, Kofi, if NIL doesn't click in this year, not coming back. It's it's yeah. not happening. It, this was a business decision for him. Now, does he have aspirations, like he said in his video, of winning a national title and doing a lot of that? Yeah, uh, that's part of it as well. But uh, because of college being really for him where the money was at or more money or just um, maybe more of a, a concrete situation versus, you know, are you in a two-way contract? Are you in the G League? What that would have looked like if he stayed through that course. And also Trent Frazier and DeMonte Williams having the chance to come back on scholarship and not count against you. Um, we talk about the depth of this backcourt and, and what that's looking like. Take those guys out of the equation. And a, a guy like Alfonso Plummer wouldn't have been on the market because he wouldn't have had another year. Not to say you couldn't have found somebody else, but it really helped you when you missed maybe on a Armand Franklin or just in general to solidify what when Kofi looked back to Illinois and saw a team that's still ready to compete at a really high level if he went back there. Man, the Armand Franklin slash Namari Burnett part of the offseason feels like a year ago, Derek. Whew. 
Sure does, right? Oh my goodness. Feels like I mean Dawson Garcia feels like a month ago at this point, based on uh the Kofi thing. All right, let's focus on Kofi. Derek, why is he coming back? Why why did he decide, despite having interest elsewhere, uh, despite having a chance to go pro, why is he coming back to Illinois? Yeah, I, I think coming back in general, as we just highlighted, I think NIL. And the opportunity to provide for his family to make money as a 21 year old going to turn 22 this season that that was coupled with the feedback in the nba of you know you aren't guaranteed to get drafted obviously that's probably turning toward you're not getting drafted and you could be in the g league not necessarily even on a two-way um and, and not maybe make what you'd want to make as far as you wouldn't be guaranteed necessarily six figures where you go back to college and uh, half a million wouldn't be out of the question. We know what's we've talked about some of what's been thrown out there for different guys as far as projections and everything. But uh, as far as Illinois goes, the established brand of Illinois definitely mattered as, as in terms of a local nu nucleus for him that he can go back to Champaign, a basketball hungry market where he's the star. I, him and Curbelo, obviously, but. Um, and then you can tap into some of the regional markets, whether it be Chicago or Illinois, when they matter, when they're nationally relevant uh, as a player up there and something that you can tap into. And then nationally, I think he's one of those just familiar, recognizable faces in college basketball, which he would have had anywhere. But um, that made sense for him. Uh, and that was something where Illinois was really strong in their pitch. And then familiarity and fit as far as the basketball uh, part of it goes, as far as relationships go, the trust level in Brad Underwood, uh, Jeff Alexander, Adam Fletcher, and then his teammates, a guy like Andre Corbello that he knows is going to get him the ball uh, and the way he's used. And I mean, their systems, both at offensively and defensively, are centered around Kofi. So uh, you go somewhere else and it can be a little bit different. You can go somewhere else, have a point guard that'd rather get his shot than get you set up. So I think all of that factored in. And then you do have to mention Kentucky. And I won't sit here and say I know 100%. I think there's a lot of speculation out there where uh, it seemed like early on they were what everyone, the national pundits, saying it was over. That's where it was going. At the very end, it was, but we didn't want them anyway. Uh, maybe it's somewhere in between, I think. But uh, I was told that I, I think that, and you brought up Orlando earlier, if Orlando really he, – he carried the most weight of anybody in this thing. If he said, I'm going to go get that dude, I think he would have went and got that dude. I think that in the end that he would have pulled it off. So there was clearly something that it was either on Orlando's side that he wasn't fully comfortable with, either on – like you mentioned the fit because you have Shibway, you have Damian Collins, you're trying to get Jalen Duran. So I, maybe it's a factor and a mixture of different things going in there. But I do agree that – Kentucky didn't seem to be all in there, but I don't think if you're Illinois, you necessarily apologize for, okay, maybe you didn't knock out, punch them and, and walk away the champion, but you've got your dude back yeah. and they were at least sniffing around at the very, very least. So I think Illinois did a really good job of making sure Kofi comes back to Illinois, regardless of, you know, how serious or, or how that really played out. Listen, Kentucky would have had embarrassment of riches, riches in the post if they added Kofi Coburn. I think they'd be a top five team if they had a Kofi Coburn. They're not that right now. They're top 10, top 15 right now. They didn't need him, no. 
I mean, Oscar Sheba is a really good big, really kind of a more versatile big if they want to play a certain way. Kofi is your team. Like he, like he will dictate almost everything Illinois does when he is on the court. And for Illinois, that's great, right? For for Kentucky, I mean, it might not be as as great, but I mean, he also would have played. 25 minutes a game most there, which he's still one of the best players in the country there. I'm not, I'm not arguing that, but Shiba has got to get on the court and they, they usually run this kind of, Hey, five in five out thing because they got so many great players. Uh, and then I, wise listen, I don't, we don't know what this all looks like. And maybe Kentucky has something lined up where they could have Kofi Coburn could have definitely made a half a million dollars, but I just think the brand Coburn has at, at Illinois Fans are going to buy whatever he wants to sell. I'm surprised he didn't have T-shirts out there already, though T-shirts are probably a very small part of this deal. Like Nike or somebody, like I I don't know why they wouldn't. He's one of the faces of college basketball for one of the most crazy fan bases they have. Kentucky's probably even crazier, but uh, I just thought it made a lot of sense basketball-wise, NIL-wise, like all along, and it's it's understandable uh, that Kentucky maybe wouldn't be all in on him, even though he'd be uh, great. Like Illinois, they knew they were all in on him and they must have had good conversations and NIL wise to make it happen. I'm just, it's really interesting because Kofi is the rare player, Derek, where he's a, he's a college basketball. Great, right? Like he is one of the best players in college basketball, but he's not quite a fit for the NBA, right? Like he's not a perfect fit. Like usually a kid, guy who's an all American seven foot, he's going to be in the NBA. Even after his freshman year stats, usually a guy that averaged 13 and eight as a freshman, usually a one and done. He's just that rare guy, though the Big Tens had a few of them, like Luca Garza stayed all four years. Ethan Happ stayed all four years. The Big Ten just draws these big men who aren't perfect fits for the current NBA. But uh, those programs, think about what they did with all those guys. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a bruising league and, and we're front court play and, and battling the post obviously is really key to competing uh, in, in the top levels of that league. And you've seen the flip side of it. You've seen the diamond stones of it, the Deontay Davises, yeah. um, Noah Vonley, who was really good for one year at Indiana, but those guys obviously are then gone. And well, Thomas um, Bryant, they got hit two years of him. And it felt like how good was that for Indiana? Like even right. getting two years out of that guy nowadays. So like getting third out of Kofi is just a massive bonus. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, not that you don't want to see those kind of guys get opportunities, get picked, even if it is in the second round. But some of those names that we've mentioned, you're probably questioning, where are those guys? Are they? We don't see them on some NBA roster. And Thomas Bryant's been in the mix there, um, you know, within the NBA, but G League and whatnot. But he's a very – Another one, Nigel Hayes. Nigel Hayes, yeah. Their <laughs> four-year guy. Very interesting situation for Kofi. and. I mean, there is going to be someone out there that's saying maybe two years of NIL is better than whatever's going to be after this year. But you can do three. Not, you can yeah, do three. That's true. <laughs> Break every record at Illinois if you want. I, I don't think he would, but can right. you imagine a 25 year old Kofi Coburn like in, yeah. in the Big Ten? Because last year's a freebie. He could have three more years at Illinois if he wanted. And I bet he could make millions, I say millions plural, of dollars at Illinois. Hmm. Might as well be Dr. Coburn by then. There's many years he'll be in school. That's right. That's right. All right, Derek. I'll, okay. So when Kofi entered the draft, what were what were your thoughts then? Like, what was your expectations and what were you hearing around Illinois college basketball? Like, do people think, yeah, he'll test it and then he'll come back? Like, what did you think then? I thought at that time it was probably 
50-50. And I know that him internally was leaning towards going pro, if not dead set on, on likely making that decision. I thought it was similar to Io, where the NBA needed to be the ones to tell him that, hey, it's probably best for you to go back. It wasn't going to be on Illinois' end to push that. Um, and they felt like it was going to be him going in, intending on staying in, getting the feedback. Then we'll sit down in July and really have this conversation. We'll provide our input um, and the feedback that we're able to get versus, you know, what you hear at the combine and whatnot. And I thought that, you know, really based on his showings or his projections or really just his mindset of, because I wasn't at that, at that time considering NIL for this upcoming season and, and what that obviously factor um, really, you know, push this one, one way or another. So uh, I said to myself, 21 years old, going to turn 22, chance to make money, regardless of where that is, whether it's G League overseas, uh, two-way contract, that there was a really good chance that he would, that he would stay in. Now, the conversation, what was being said to me and some of my conversations was, he's going to make it sound like he's gone for sure. Now, we're going to have an opportunity to really sit down and talk with him but he, number one, is really interested in, in just this being it. He kind of went into college with a two-year type of uh, projection or just kind of an expectation. I'll be there for two and then I'll go, which thanks, Illinois will say thanks to you for having that instead of I got to be a one and done or I'm going to freak out here. Um, so that was kind of how the, it got approached. Obviously, as things progressed, he got some feedback or just pushed in a direction where before that conversation or even before the – G League Combine, he was ready to go. He was putting his stuff on players' trunk and uh, selling his gear and, and all the conversations. There was even some buzz around the, the team was like, well, you know, Carbello's trying to get in his ear and trying to talk and see, like, where are you at, buddy? You know, you could come back and do something special. And he's like, I, I'm kind of already made my move. I, I'm in this lane and I'm, I feel good about it. And it wasn't until really around that G League Combine where you heard some whispers of, well, what happens if he gave that money back is what he made on the player's trunk. And uh, he's not getting invited to the NBA combine. There's word that some execs maybe even told him there's not a guarantee you'll go to the G league and even start next year. So some of that was all in the mix. And it was, it was just that growing buzz that started from there is like, well, maybe college would still be an option if he's able to give the money back and consider that. And then, Pretty rapidly from there, it was like, okay, he's, he's legit considering coming back to school. Yeah, I watched the first game of that G League scrimmage, like that elite camp scrimmage, and I thought, man, he made himself some money. Like I, I thought he showed some things getting up and down the court and dominating the glass against you know, some of these. I, I thought, man, he, he might have showed he can carve out a role, kind of like Boban or you know, some of these bigs that are traditional bigs that – you know, aren't good for 30, 40 minutes, but if you get them for 10, 15 minutes in a game, they can pose some matchup issues if you have the right matchup. But then the second half, you kind of struggled to defend. You, you kind of saw the weaknesses. And then the second game, you saw the weaknesses and the free throws were were bad. And he's got to show at least a, a shot that can go in every once in a while. And and he didn't. And I thought, okay, maybe he's maybe he's got to consider, you know, coming back. And and he, he did. He withdrew from the draft. I'm like, oh, that's a smart decision. And that comes with entering the transfer portal. So when that happened there, entered the transfer portal. Um, I'm, I'm always skeptical. I didn't have any inside like you did. I was just like, man, a guy enters the transfer portal. I, I usually don't like the odds of him coming back. Like, how did you feel then? Like when he entered the transfer portal and the, the week after that? 
it felt pretty dicey on Illinois' end for sure when something like that happens and the immediate you didn't even need to check your Twitter and see, you know, fill in the blank, say, well, Kentucky seems like a legit option here. Everyone could have thought that in their head as soon as just uh, knowing the news uh, of him being on the open market again and, and taking those kind of, of looks. So you didn't feel great about it. You, you always knew that Illinois made a lot of sense. And I know that we came on here on our podcast after he entered the portal and said, you know, ultimately I think that, Illinois, like I said, makes the most sense and is the best fit for him. And it would just be weird if he sacrificed some of the legacy part and some of uh, the branding part by going somewhere new. Now, did Kentucky make sense uh, in terms of the relationships and why he'd give it a look? Yeah, I, I get that part of it. Uh, and there was a leverage piece to it when you're sit, you know, going out there and trying to find out what NIL projections are. And, and again, we we could spend hours talking about what NIL's involvement in recruiting has done, what it's intended to do and what it actually is doing uh, because there's not supposed to be like any facilitation. I'm not saying that that happened here. It's just, just people out there, there, there want to hear promises me. being made to people yes. from these programs when they can't set it up. Right. Like yeah. they, they can't be like, we got $5 million of salary cap. That's what we're giving you. Like, right. That that's, that's stuff we know in the pros, like they're just promising this stuff without knowing how it actually works and them not being able to, to follow through on it. They just have to be like, yeah, go get it. If you want to go get it, that's what we think is going to be available. Yep. And, and that played out in the Dawson Garcia situation. So there was some angst on the Illinois side of how are we going to come out of this situation? Because it is a business decision for Kofi and it is something that, he wants to be able to maximize him. Why wouldn't he? he yeah. He's he's talented enough, marketable enough. Why not come back to college and, and make a bunch of money? So that was part of the equation that Illinois had to make sure that they were going to be in the best situation possible to compete with a Kentucky or whoever might come in. You heard LSU was going to be involved for a while, UConn, whatever it may be. Uh, so at that point in time, you didn't feel great. You knew you'd be one of the I mean, you'd be one of the hats on the table. They had to do with the Cliff Alexander reference there. But uh, but there was just that feeling of angst, like, okay, Kentucky, if they really push, eesh, that could be tough. Yeah. Uh, so do you know how Illinois handled this NIL, Derek? I mean, I, I know Open Doors and, boy, the, the boards are unhappy with Open Doors. And uh, <laughs> Open Doors is a resource, right? Like, it's not like Illinois has to rely on them or the athletes have to rely on them. It's an option. Uh, if you want to use taxes through that, that's a big part of this as well. Um, but Open Doors can facilitate some things. They do take a hefty, hefty uh, percentage from, from people uh, through all of this. But I know Illinois kind of did some projections with IO and, and other people um, through Open Doors. But um, how is how have they kind of handled the NIL, NIL conversation, whether with Kofi or, or other players? Yeah, I won't say that I have full access, obviously, to all what is being discussed and everything. But I know that they lean on Open Doors as far as their market research and what they've put into it. You know, there's a formula based on social media following that is fairly widely used uh, just kind of to rough estimate the calculations. And as I talked about before, there was a projection for IO that was around 400,000. That was mostly based on his social media following and, and what they thought that he could earn there based on that with his brand and maybe what, uh, they also have conversations with businesses and kind of feel out what they're interested in doing. Now, one of the, the X factors here is the motivated 
you know, um, investor. Or, I, 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 I would be very motivated. I, I'm, oh, you're saying investor, not the actual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the actual. Well, I think it works both sides. You could go either way on that. Yeah. Uh, I think Io would be very motivated to make as much as you want, as long as you're, you know, very um, committed to it. I think the more money you, you can make there, that is definitely possible. Uh, the motivated investor, now that wouldn't necessarily maybe matter for an Io, but for a Kofi who has a decision to make with not only Illinois or draft, but Illinois other schools or just some situation like that, that's where the NIL can be a little be manipulated and it can be something that's hard to just project based on you know what a company like open doors would be able to give you but then that's kind of the the other layer to it that can really be tilting the scales in, in a major way yeah there's this gray area where fair market value what is that what is that like what what relationships with boosters like how, how does the NCAA monitor that how does how do these schools monitor I don't think any of them know I don't think any of them know right now. And that makes this conversation really difficult. And I can't blame Illinois for going into this, relying on market research and a company with credibility like Open Doors. But you know, not every other school is doing that. And then right. that can get really, really uh, interesting right now because, you know, Illinois has a history with the NCAA that isn't very good. Right. So I understand all these fans who say ah, everyone else is cheating, cheat. Josh Whitman doesn't want to lose this job, his dream job for something he can control, right? Like he, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to go down that way. And I'm sure Brad Underwood wouldn't want to go down that way either. And this, his big opportunity. So I can't blame those guys for, for wanting to make sure they do this the right way. Um, I, I think it's important. Maybe other fans don't, but at the end of the day, you get Kofi Coburn back and Derek, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about the team now. Cause we can actually, after all of this in July 17th, we can talk about what this roster will actually look like. Let's do that next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, Derek. A front court now of Kofi Coburn, Omar Payne, um, Coleman Hawkins, Jacob Grandison. That sounds a heck of a lot better than the one I had to throw out the other week when Dawson Garcia um, decided to go to North Carolina and Kevin O'Banner looked very unlikely. But it's clear now that Illinois felt pretty good about its chances with Kofi Coburn at that point. 
obviously he changes everything. You know, they were going to be an up and down team, probably have to pressure, you know, defense a lot, just like they did in Brad under his first couple of years that Omar Payne uh, can protect the rim. But if Omar would have gotten in foul trouble, Coleman to the five, and, and what does that look like, man? Um, this, this, I would imagine they play a lot like they did last year, right? Just a, just a lot of threes, and hopefully Kofi becomes a little bit better of a passer because he's got more guys around him that can shoot pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of pick and roll still, and, you know, just relying on the Curbelo, Kofi. Obviously, you had Io in that mix as well last year, but for Curbelo to really take the reins and be the lead guard and, and run that ball screen action and have shooters all over the perimeter. And, and like you did say with Kofi is – uh, continue to progress and maybe have more than five assists this upcoming season, which is something they'll definitely work on with him and, and harp on, or that be feeding him in the post back to the basket game or catching on that role and just kind of having the, the awareness as the defense rotates of, of what else is going on there. But uh, I think defensively, which is something that, you know, Kofi really changes in terms of defending the rim. And I know that he has the shortcomings when you put him out in space near the perimeter, but, We've talked to, talked about the importance of defense leading to Illinois success here the past couple of years, and it was defensive rebounding. They were number one in the league in, in Big Ten play, defensive rebounding percentage, and then two-point field goal percentage defense, so defending around the rim, defending in the paint. That's that's Kofi. That is He is at the core of that strength, and I think that we're even further encouraged because who's going to play behind him now is Omar Payne versus Georgie, more of a legit – a lot more in comparison to Georgie of a, just a legit athletic rim protector that can just move all around and has a big wingspan, you know, great elevation off the floor. He should make them even better defending around the rim um, with, uh, you know, and then I think shooters, I think they, they have a more variety and more of a depth of shooters this year, contrary to last year. And, and just the easing of pressure off Coleman Hawkins, who is another rim protector. Like he's, you know, Kofi doesn't block a lot of shots for how much he plays and how big he is, but he alters a lot of shots. Omar Payne is one of the best shot block percentages in the country. Coleman was the best on the team last year. It was a small, small sample, but uh, he could be really good defensively. So, I, I mean, there's so much less pressure on Coleman Hawkins coming into this year, so much less pressure on Omar Payne, even if Payne wanted more of the minutes than then he'll probably get. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much uh, Omar and Kofi could play together against bigger lineups. Uh, I don't know how much they'll go to that, but if Kofi gets in foul trouble, you feel a lot better uh, with Omar this year. Um, but Kofi, how much better can he get, Derek? I mean, I hope we didn't overlook how much better he got. One of the biggest things I think improved with him was hands. He did not fumble the ball very much last year. Kind of that Nana hands thing. Like he improved that. Uh, and the drop step, I thought his, his post, uh, you know, work got a lot better. His touch around the rim got a lot better. So how does he get better? Like, do you expect him to be taking a lot of 10, 15 footers this year? Uh, can he get much better defensively, you know, with, with ball screens and all of that? Or what, what, what's your expectation for how much he can grow? That's a great question. I do think there's still obviously going to be some limitations in terms of, in particular, defensively. They're going to do everything they can to make him more mobile without, you know, just completely taking away his sheer strength, which is something that he needs to, you know, still rely on and feast on. Because, I mean, that's what makes him a great player is just his physicality and, and ability to to just be that that physical monster in the post. So, 
um, trying to help him further uh, get mobile. And is he going to be a guy that's going to trap the the point guard uh, in that, you know, at the defensive end? Probably No, I, I don't think so. Um, but I think that you can continue to help him there and continue to get him in better shape. Um, I think the mid-range jumper is something they're really going to emphasize. Now, it's kind of that thing you want him to be able to hit a baseline, Jay, when someone's going to drive the lane and, and maybe Kofi clears to that baseline and you make that big man make a decision. Whereas in the past, the lane, the lane could get a little clogged because Kofi's setting up shop on maybe the other side of the rim, which now that you don't want him there as far as a putback or just a, a toss-up and make him have him go get it for an alley-oop. Um, and, and then I think the response to Loyola, Loyola film is going to be really on display for anyone that's going to try to defend Illinois. Now, is everyone going to be as talented or just as well-skilled defensively like Loyola was in terms of what they could do to the ball handler as far as shutting down Iowa? Of course, you're going to have Curbelo doing it uh, now this year. But sending two guys at him, and if you can bottle him up, Kofi's not a threat. You don't worry about Kofi catching the ball around the top of the key or the free throw line extended. Uh, I know that it's been a big conversation really after the season. And then now when they sat down with Kofi in his camp of not only do we want to see that because that's going to help take away one of our weaknesses, if we can help you get better there, but also in the NBA where you talk about the short roll and can you catch near the free throw line, either hit that jumper, take one or two dribbles inside, finish in the paint, or really understand when you have a three on two advantage, when the defense rotates of who's open. If I, if they're crashing to me, do I kick to the corner? Does someone cut to the basket? That's the kind of things that I think that can really help Curbelo out because that's going to be, I think the, the main counter to him and that pick and roll is just, well, it worked for Loyola, just blitz the heck out of him. We're going to try that and see if we can get away with it. Um, that's somewhere where Kofi is going to be trying to develop here in the, in the coming months. Great stuff, Derek. Um, I so while you were doing that great breakdown, I was figuring out like Kofi averaged seventeen point seven points, nine point five rebounds last year. It's not ridiculous to think he could average twenty and ten, which no. which is nuts in college, right? With just forty minutes in a game, only four Big Ten players since nineteen ninety two have averaged twenty and ten. Can you name any of them? This is like my old school radio list. I just need Austin Burton to play our list song. Uh, there's some impressive names on here. Let's, um, hmm. and how many years? Uh, since 1993. Would Big Dog Robinson be in there? He's number one. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Glenn like 30. <laughs> 30 and 10. Holy 30 crap. and 10 back in 1993-94. All right, some other interesting names. There are two guys on bad, like three guys that were kind of on bad teams. Uh, two from Minnesota. Minnesota big men, Derek. Chris Humphreys. Yes, I'm surprised got and... Probably known better for the, the Kardashian thing, right? Um, yeah. And yeah, one more Minnesota guy. Jordan Murphy wouldn't average that many points. I'm trying to think who else. Recently. Uh... Really? Uh-oh. In the NBA now? Daniel Oturu. Yeah, Daniel Oturu. Uh, just a couple years ago, just got in 20.1 points and 11.3 uh, rebounds. He can score. Yeah, and then one more from one of the worst teams in the Big Ten annually. But he was a heck of a player. Ah, uh. Northwestern. 
Big man from Northwestern. You would have been young, Derek. Struggling. Evan Eschmeyer. Oh, man. 21.7 points, 10.7 rebounds back in 98. I I, I went further and I went 19 and 10 because 19 and 10 seems even more doable for him. Eschmeyer did it one more time. And then Chris Weber. Chris mm. Weber is a sophomore. That'd be Jeez. pretty great company for Kofi Coburn. And it's not ridiculous to think he could do it. Uh, okay. So we talked about how they could play Derek. I know Brad Underwood won't answer this question yet and he shouldn't, but this is going to be a deep rotation. Uh, there's going to be, you know, like if one guy goes down or, you know, if one guy's not able to play, you feel like you can still be a really good team. Kind of like Illinois was last year when I would assume went down. Who are you trotting out for your starting lineup, and what would be your bench rotation? Here we go. Best Let conversation, debate. right? Now Let we the can debate begin. <laughs> I know. Here we go. Obvious ones, Curbelo, Trent, and Kofi. Kofi. Yeah. And then you've got to make those decisions at the three and four spots, essentially. I wouldn't be surprised if early on – I'll throw this out as my prediction early on. It would be Curbelo, Trent – Demonte Grandison Kofi. I think that's probably the safest route to go. Yep. I think that intentions are by at some point in the season, and they're going to make him probably earn this, but Austin Hutcherson to slot in at that third spot. And I know that our our board just melted and there is a war going on between Ace people. is melting right now. <laughs> but uh, and things, positive inc- indications, which again, it's the summer and, and everything, but there's been Brad Underwood has a reputation of I know talking up guys in the, in the summer, whether it's Bossman's Verdonk or Vassar, yeah. whoever. And then you, I mean, not just to his staff, you had the Alex legions uh, of, of the past as well, but uh, there's talk that a lot of times best player on the court. This is prior to Kobe coming back other than Curbelo is, has been Hutch a lot of the time. So does he earn that spot by the start of the season? I would lean maybe towards DeMonte Grandison, as guys. And of course, Hawkins in the mix is a starting four man as well. I think that ideally he's size wise, more of what they want versus, you know, probably playing Grandison more at the three. There's a conversation for a long time about that right after the season of, we might want him to play more of a three uh, than a four going forward into the future. Yeah. Which would be a great thing for, for Illinois. Uh, Yeah. I kind of have five guys locked into their roles, Derek, and that would be, Trent and Curbelo starting, Kofi starting, and then Payne and Plummer off the bench. So you're really coming down to, is it Granderson or Hawkins? Uh, Granderson or Hawkins at the four, or is it Hutcherson or Williams at the three? And what good problems to have? And you know, DeMonte isn't going to be full of himself if like, hey, Hutcherson starts. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Um, or if Williams starts, he's a really good option to have as a, as a role player, good defensive player to mix with the shorter, smaller guys in Curbelo and, and Frazier. Uh, and then Hutcherson, man, I mean, he's the ideal of what you want at the three, right? Like a player they haven't had in a while that's Six seven long wingspan, great athlete, can shoot it like on paper. And you know, according to practices, that sounds great. That, that sounds absolutely great. So if if he can stay healthy, which is my biggest question, more so than his talent, um, that'd be a great fit. And, and even with Grandison uh, or Hawkins, like I, I think physically, you'd love Hawkins and Hutcherson to be the guys because. That's a long, athletic, fast group. Uh, and then you got that bench group coming off. And we haven't even mentioned a freshman, Derek. Like for the first time in a long time, we're not talking about 
man, Adam Miller has got to start and be really good. Or, or Andre Corbello has got to be great. Or, or Io DeSumo and Kofi Coburn. Like this is an old team and maybe you have to deal with, you know, some unhappy freshmen after year one, but if you're winning, man, stay on board and we could, you could be great on a great team here. Um, I, I don't worry about that so much. Uh, you know, I know you got to worry about that in the, the age of one-time transfer, but with the roster you have, man, like that's part of being a, at a program like Illinois now is you might have to wait your turn. Yeah. And we've seen it other places in the league where you're a freshman, you don't go in and necessarily play right away. There's a lot to earn as far as role wise. You're not just slotted into the starting lineup. Like, I mean, obviously, Io, Kofi, Adam, all top 50 big-time recruits, and there was a need for those guys when they showed up at Illinois. But, um, yeah, I think that there will be a lot of competition, and most certainly there's going to be guys that aren't happy with their role ultimately, not to say that they're not going to be bought in uh, and, and let that you know be something that gets aired out publicly or that it is a deterrent for Illinois during the season. But uh, at the end of it, we'll – that, that is a factor that you got to think of just in the current landscape of a college basketball. And it's a good problem to have from the program's perspective. Uh, but yeah, I, I fully agree with what you said, solidified roles wise. And I do think the thought of like a plumber, Hutcherson, Hawkins, Payne off the bench rotation, like that's really darn good. And take Payne out the those first three, as far as shooters, like plumber from beyond the arc, Hutcherson is a shot maker. Hawkins as he can stretch the floor like that is really enticing and that's where like I want to bring this conversation up because we can start talking about this right um is how they stack up with the other best in the Big Ten uh, Michigan might be the most talented roster in the Big Ten uh, with all the freshmen they have but they're very young they are I mean Hunter Dickinson coming back makes them a national contender again right like um they got some they got some pieces they got to replace though on the wing and at guard uh, and they've added Devonte Jones like you know Howard for the long term has the most talented rosters moving forward but they are young and we have seen that play out especially in the ACC last year of how young rosters uh can really hurt you um Purdue I am so high on uh, Tre Trevion Williams, Zach Eady. You had Jay Nivey, I think is going to be a first team all Big Ten player. I, I, I might, I'm going to have them one or two. Uh, it's a question of me, like, what do I have them one or two? But Illinois, like, they have both the superstar aspect of this, Andre Corbell and Kofi. And I think underrated, probably even regionally and nationally, is that depth we're talking about. Like, what I loved about Ohio State last year was I love EJ Liddell and Dwayne Washington was a great player, but you know, even with Liddell being as good as he was, there were some other teams that just had a little bit of super, more superstar potential. And Dwayne Washington was up and down, but their depth was unbelievable. Like they could just throw eight, nine guys at you. And, and if one guy was down, another guy stepped up. Like Illinois feels like it's kind of got both those things going right now. So I just look at that roster. I'm like, man, that looks like a, looks like a one or two seed again, or at worst three seed. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you look at last year's team who obviously was a one seed, you bring back, five of your top eight as far as minutes getters. And we know Illinois was successful even in Iowa's absence there for a short period, you know, at Michigan, at Wisconsin, uh, the other players in the, that mix where you go on the road, you beat Wolverines by 23, you beat Wisconsin on their home floor was Adam and, and Georgia. I think those are guys that would you like to have? Yeah, I think so. But there were not to disrespect them, but you can replace those guys in my estimation when you have, uh, Payne coming in at the five spot when you have Plummer, who 
second most threes in the Pac-12 last year. Like that's something that uh, he's definitely going to be able to translate to at a high major level, high major to high major jump. Um, and, and yeah, I do fully agree with you as far as just uh, if Illinois is getting projected, I think they're a top 10 team. I, I don't see how they're not a top 10 team personally. Uh, if they're outside of that or someone's saying top 15, not that that's unfair, but top 20 or lower, I, I think that they are overlooking. Um, they might say Kofi, Carbello, and who else. Uh, and I, I don't agree with that. I, I don't necessarily. DeMonte are really good, right? Grandison's a starter. Uh, even even take out the Hutcherson because no one outside of Champagne probably knows about him or Hawkins, yep. right? I understand that, but Plummer and Payne, like Payne, was a rotational big, right? At, at a at a good program at Florida, Plummer at, at a Power Five program is one of the top scorers, one of the top three point shooters, and he's those guys are coming off your bench. So like, if you just yeah, if you dig a little deeper, and I understand outside of Champagne, you might not pay as much attention, but I understand they lost Miller, they lost to Sumo. Those are two big losses, but they kind of just made up for it um, really quickly here. And they had a point guard there uh, and I, I, and just even longer term, Derek, I'm looking at the 2020 big 10 standings. The top five that year were Wisconsin, Michigan state, Maryland, all shared the title, Illinois, Iowa, Illinois looks like the only team, maybe Michigan state, Maryland have a chance to finish in the top five. Again, Illinois is the only one I think I can guarantee sits in that top. So that just tells you that like longevity, longevity again, like, year after year like it's really hard to do and illinois got a great chance to do it with that roster like i gotta sort out am i gonna pick i think i'm between illinois and purdue for my big 10 title just because regular season wise i think they are the experienced teams the, the teams i just trust more over a 20 game schedule michigan man i i come NCAA tournament time i'm probably not gonna want to play them because those young guys are probably gonna be really dangerous um, and, and they're going to be in the mix and, and maybe a Maryland or Michigan state or Ohio state really, you know, surprises us kind of like Ohio state did last year. But uh, those are my top three. And I, I think Illinois is going to be either my one or two. Yep. I'm in the same boat with you. I would also be making a decision between Illinois and Purdue. Uh, just having to see it as far as early on in experience with Michigan. Now Dickinson is, is going to be a force Eli Brooks back and then a bunch of two five stars, uh, three, four stars for them. Uh, Caleb Houston's a really talented six foot eight shooter. Musa Diabate is a five-star big man. So they're going to be uber talented and, and they're going to be tough, obviously. And then Purdue with Ivy, with uh, Edie, with Travion, and also Stefanovic in that mix. And they have a good class coming in as well. Trey Kaufman was a really nice player at Indiana and Caleb First as well, two top 100 guys. I think I'll lean Illinois because I think that Kofi's the ultimate trump against some of what makes those guys, those other players really good. And that Kofi versus Hunter, whom I pick, I'm going to pick Kofi based on last year's matchup and just a junior big man in Kofi versus a sophomore Hunter Dickinson. And then also Travion, as good as he is, that's not a good matchup for him. Kofi is not a good matchup for him. Yeah. ED too. Like I, you sat there and you're thinking of the post Kofi roster. Right. And you're sitting there going, this team could really, they could upset one of those teams if they shoot the lights out and they have the potential to do that. But if they don't, they're going to get bully balled to death. Like I thought they, they can beat a team like Ohio state. That's got Zed key, a player I like in the post. Like they could compete with the team like that. They can compete with Maryland with, you know, a big man who's talented, but maybe not as good. You go up against Purdue and Michigan, man. I, I go, what do you do with Dickinson? What do you do with Edie and, and Trevion Williams? Now you got a guy who's better at it than them, 
Like, so yeah, I, I agree. It's you, you don't get bully balled with him in the game. And then when you got pain coming in behind him, look out, man. Like it's, it's amazing how much one guy has changed the program the last two years. Right. And how much he changes your outlook on one season. Yeah. It's crazy. And one stat that really showed a lot to me. And again, I know that his running mate who was an all American, I just assume was part of this, but when I pulled the stat that, Illinois was with Kofi in uniform, 3-0 against Indiana, 3-0 against Purdue, 3-0 against Michigan, 3-1 and against Iowa, and 3-0 against Wisconsin. 15-1 and against wow. those five players that you lost a lot of games to, again, you know, pre-Brad Underwood era or even early on. When Kofi's in, in the building wearing orange and blue, you're beating those teams, like, at a crazy rate. He is – and this is my column, right? I wrote the same thing with Io DeSumo, but I thought it was the same. He is solidified. He will solidify himself as one of the all-time greats. Like when we start talking about the Mount Rushmore in a couple of years, if I do my NCAA March Madness, because there's no tournament for some reason, like Io is going to be a one seed in that thing now. I don't know who I'm kicking out. If it has to be Deion Thomas or somebody, that's great. Like Kendall Gill, or right? We're talking about these guys. Kofi's in that conversation. Io's in that conversation. And it's because Kofi, Illinois, Illinois wins and wins a lot when he is in the lineup. He is one of the most impactful. He might be imperfect, right? He might not be what the NBA wants. He, he might have some weaknesses if a team can't expose you like Loyola. But more often than not, teams just can't handle him. And he's just the biggest X factor, which is why I thought it wasn't, it wasn't even Io to see. Like, I thought, who's matching up with Kofi? And I th thought going into the Loyola game, like, no way. Cameron Crew, a great player, but one-on-one, -on -one, he can't match up. It's just everything terrible that could happen. Io had an off game. Uh, Trent had a terrible game. Jacob Grandison had a terrible game. And Kofi, they exposed that, right, defensively, even though Kofi was the one guy who was pretty effective uh, during the game. Uh, I, I, I don't like the odds of other teams being able to mirror that very much. No, absolutely not. And we talk about unicorns as far as you know Giannis and, and some of those players that are just what do you do with them Kofi in college is a, is a unicorn you, you don't see guys like that and just good luck having a counter to it most teams got to send two guys at them because you know try to guard him one-on-one -on -one in the post and you just don't have that kind of brute force to match up with him. he's going to move you he's going to move even a guy like Dickinson off the block or make it tough for Hunter, who had a great freshman year, makes one basket against Kofi when they played in Ann Arbor. So he is, and we talked about last year, like if there was a get Io back or get Kofi back, I don't want to disrespect Io at all because he deserves everything that's been thrown at him and, and the clutch gene, like the difference between win or loss and that those moments with him. That's one thing that you can't that's gonna be a big question going into this year. Yes. Like I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that because they probably lose five more games last year without that clutch gene and and yeah. definitely like five the year before, right? Right. It was just like need based or just what's the replacement level player, whatever you want to call it, behind Io where you got other guards or where you got Kofi and what that looks like in the front court without Kofi. It was like, well, you you might need Kofi back more just based on pure need, but obviously both guys, like you said all-time program greats and I never got to see like, I was young for Dion and Dion's our guy but Kofi's got to be the best big to ever put on the jersey I, I 
I don't know. I called up Warren Tate before I posted that comment. I go, I don't want to look like an idiot, but is this ridiculous? He goes, no. He goes, now, Dion was was more skilled, right? He he could shoot it, and Kofi can't. He hasn't shown that. Johnny Red Kerr was, was an awesome senior, um, but like Kofi as a sophomore had one of the best big man's, probably the best big man season we've ever seen at Illinois. And now he's coming back for a junior season to do it all over again. Yeah, I think I think he's the best. I think he's going to uh, solidify himself as the best big man ever. And I'm going to talk with Dion about it. I just want to ask him about it because I'm sure he'll probably say the same thing. Like, you know, they're different eras. They're different guys. But in terms of impact, when you put stats, when you put winning, when you just put how a team plays, I don't think any big man's had as big of an impact as Kofi Coburn has had and, and will continue to have uh, with this program. It's it's pretty, uh, pretty amazing, Derek. Well, um, man, we almost went an hour, but there's so much to talk about after all of that, all of that off season. Um, you getting a break here, Derek? Oh no, you got to go back on the road recruiting, right? That's right. Next weekend, Indianapolis back on the road. Uh, I love it. So I watched some Peach Jam streams this weekend. Quick little note. I know we got to go. Cam Whitmore's a, he's a freak. That that wing out of Baltimore area, he is just a physical monster, and they've been tracking him a lot. Chester Frazier connection. Uh, keep your eyes on him if you don't have him already on there. Okay, can can I do a quick thing before we go then? All yeah. right. Uh, not this is not Illinois board. It's not Illinois board. And I'm sorry we're doing a Piper's guys thing. Oh, no. That's the kiss of death. Who are the top three Piper guys left in this class for you? Oh boy, <laughs> this is going to be tough. It's going to put me in a bad spot. It's got to be Whitmore for sure. Put uh, let's see, Epps was was one of those guys I was like, okay, if I was going to do Piper's guys, which I'm not doing it anymore, uh, he would be one of those. Uh, but of remaining, let's go with Whitmore, shoot, and ooh, this is tough. You go, you got, you picking between the big men here? Yeah, Huff or Corn, that's tough. Let's go Cam Corn. Okay. Give Ch- I'll, I'll, I'll put the belief in Chester. I love Braden Huff. He's, he's really good, but Corn's uh, upside is, is pretty ridiculous with his athleticism. Are you afraid you just gave him the kiss of death? Because yes, Piper's – All right, the, the, the history of Piper's guys is Jordan Goodwin, EJ Liddell. Who else is on that list? Bryce Hopkins. Uh, Armand Franklin this offseason. Yep. So, sorry, I just had to get you on the record with that. Leave it at that. Oh, but Jaden Epps was. I can, I can, I can confirm that. Jaden Epps was, and, and Illinois got him. You just didn't say it publicly. So Yeah. <laughs> Derek Piper, thank you, man. Yep, always fun. Great stuff as always from Derek Piper. And if you're mad at me for bringing up the Pipers, guys, I just channeled Billy Bob Thornton in Friday Night Lights, man. Ain't no curses. Yeah. Ain't no curses. Ain't no curses. No curses. We don't have an impact on that. It just didn't work out that way. Derek's liked guys who haven't come to Illinois. At least that's what I think. I'm on Jaden Epps was one of those guys, and he came to Illinois. And I'm sure we all had Io DeSumo atop our list, as, as well as Kofi Coburn at some point in time as Illinois was recruiting them. But what a whirlwind that was for Illinois basketball. But at the end of it, Illinois basketball is going to be one of the best teams in the Big Ten and one of the best teams in the country. And uh, you can read all our content. I want to inquire all about that. And Derek will have a breakdown of how he feels this rotation will play out, how they will play together. Uh, Joy Wagner has uh, a column up about Brad Underwood 
uh, being a tough SOB, as Brad Underwood has self-proclaimed himself to be, and weathering uh, all these changes and uh, coming out strong at the end of it. I think he deserves a lot of credit for that, uh, probably more than he gets from some certain fans. But a uh, big day for for him, obviously, yesterday, and, and, a, and a big offseason of being able to add talent to, to a program that has been uh, going through a little bit of turmoil with all the people leaving, all the staffers leaving, and uh, he's been able to weather it, man, and, and put together a great roster here. We also will continue our coverage with Bobby Roundtree, Joey Wagner. I, I can't say how proud I am of the piece he put together. Um, got a call from him yesterday. We, he was down in Florida. He was supposed to meet with Bobby on Friday and got to the rehab center, and they told him, yeah, they called, and he's not going to be in here today. And the immediate thoughts go to, to Bobby. And I hope he's okay. I hope everything's okay and his, his family but there's Joey, like, what, what do I do? And he got back to his hotel. And when we heard the news, I didn't even tell him to. He just went straight back to that rehab center and talked with all of the people who worked with Bobby every day. And I thought it was great insight, not into Bobby Roundtree, the football player, but Bobby Roundtree, the person, and why everybody in that football program raves about him. And this, he always had this attitude. He always had this liveliness to him which is why it seems so unfair that his life is it's not taken away from us at such a young age and such a promising individual. It's, it's, it's hard to fathom. It's really hard to fathom. And, and condolences, and I've reached out personally to a lot of people, but condolences to everybody um, who knew Bobby, his teammates, his coaches, everybody in that program, most importantly his family and his mother. Um, can't imagine what she's going through right now. But um, everyone... And Lovey Smith loved that, loved that young man, and thought he was everything you want uh, in a football program. And and I have to agree. Just being around Bobby, knowing him, the the, the dancing he used to do, the smile he had, you knew when he was in a room. Uh, he was he was loud, um, and he was lively. And that's how I will remember Bobby Roundtree. So we'll have more on that and uh, hope to have more remembrances of him for you. And we hope to continue to tell his stories. We've hoped we have done satisfactorily and hopefully well the last couple years. Uh, it was great getting to know Bobby a little bit, and it was great being able to observe him and cover him. And uh, I know Illinois will continue to honor him as well. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. And we will talk to you next time on the Alana Inquirer podcast. And it probably will be about football because there's another big football recruiting decision. And if you've been on Alana Inquirer for the last 24 hours, you probably know Illinois might have a chance, a decent chance of adding another really good prospect to the class of 2022. So until then, again, take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Alana Inquirer podcast. Greetings, Fantasy Warriors. I'm Heath Cummings, your guide to fantasy dominance on FFT Dynasty. Join me this offseason where mock drafts become epic showdowns and every pick shapes your legacy. If, if I was Adam, with the team that he's built, Will Levis makes so much more sense. And that's not all. We're peeling back the curtain on the future with our exclusive 2024 NFL Draft Prospect Profiles. Uncover hidden gems that'll elevate your roster to legendary status. 
Pukunukua. After Cooper Cup, we really have no idea who's going to get the targets. Keaton Mitchell of East Carolina. Explosive speed is ridiculous. This isn't just a podcast. It's a playbook for champions. Subscribe to FFT Dynasty now, and together, we'll conquer the fantasy football frontier. Your dynasty journey starts here.